everybody. Hello, creepy ghouls and friends alike. <laughs> we are so much closer to Halloween. It's Halloween in our hearts every day of the year, though, because this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. <coughs> and Leia. <coughs> and Leia. Leia's here as well. She's being very vocal. Very. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode where you email us your stories, your encounters with the paranormal, the strange, the weird, the UFOs, the aliens, Bigfoots, the cryptids, all of the above, and then we read them to you. Sometimes we put on voices, sometimes we butcher your names, we're very sorry. Um, Yeah, and then we read them, and we have so much fun doing it because there's nothing better than reading ghost stories. Yes, we do. And if you think that... The last time we read your email ends with this recording. You are wrong. I regularly and Sabrina regularly pulls up the emails, the encounters that we already read and read them to our friends, our family members. Like, oh, someone just said they believe in ghosts. Well, guess what? They have to listen to me monologue for 20 minutes about all the creepy things that we've learned in the past week. The best is when people tell me they don't believe in ghosts. And I'm like, sit down. I'm going to lock you in that chair. I'm going to read you a few stories. Then you tell me you don't believe in ghosts. We should do like a little special encounters episode where we reread the ones that like messed us up the most. Like the ceiling one? Yeah. Immediately thought of that one. And Tegan? Oh, God. Oh, Rick. Oh, God. I'd be so scared to reread that one. I know. I feel like we were seriously haunted like from reading that. So were our listeners. Yes. We should do this, though. That would be fun. Yeah, that's a fun idea. Wait, question for you. Following up on our last two episodes and your birthday, how did your past life regression go? Okay, I feel like <laughs> I said in the episode before, I was like, I hope I have something and I'm not just like, oh, nothing happened. But <laughs> so a few things. I didn't have nothing happen. But what did happen was I did all of the meditation up until the point where he instructs you to like open a door and basically like revisit a childhood memory and then asks you questions about that childhood memory and Mm -hmm. is trying to get you into the space. So I did it up until there and then I was completely stuck. And what's really interesting, and I think that this is the thing with hypnosis, is like if you're not being talked to anymore, if, if you're not a part of what's happening, like if you get stuck somewhere, you don't hear anything else. I was hypnotized on stage once and I didn't remember anything that anyone else was told. And that sort of happened to me. I've had that happen to me too. Yeah. So what he does is he initially just like has you go into your body and you picture like a light around your body and kind of almost do the ribbon wrapping technique in a way. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting about that was that I really did like feel something. And I almost had the reverse of an out-of-body experience you know, where you you feel like you're floating above you. Instead, there was a part where he was talking about like, let the light and warmth go to the areas that are needed. And immediately my knees and my like back hips got really hot, which are like my problem areas, like where I'm getting old and creaky. And then he said, let the heat go all around you. And it was, I feel like the only way to describe it is like, it was like a rubber band snapping. It was like being plunged into a pool. So I felt like I was suddenly in my own body still, but like suspended in this like body of water, like this fifth dimensional space inside of my own like cage of my Whoa. skin and stuff. 
I don't know how to describe it. It was very weird. So I was just stuck there. And then he, it, it was kind of like Interstellar, that scene where he's in that other dimension. In the bookshelves? Yes. So that was very cool. But then he, uh, Brian Weiss instructs you to then go through the door, revisit a childhood memory. And I think I did a couple things wrong. One thing is I picked probably the most vague childhood memory that I could have picked. Suddenly I was like, oh, I'm with this one girl who I met one time when I was four and don't remember anything about her house or her grandparents who she lived with or like literally nothing. Picked a memory that I couldn't go beyond just like the one second blip of. And I also got really, really cold. Like my whole body was suddenly freezing. And so I think I need to put on socks and figure it out and do it again. But here's one thing that is interesting that came sort of before this happened, which is my one past life. I think I have a new memory, but not even from the hypnosis. After we had recorded and I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. Like four days before I actually did it, just really randomly in the middle of the day, like a work day, I'm just on my computer and suddenly I'm just flooded with this memory of being a soldier And I had on this uniform and I was like seeing myself and like a couple other people and I wasn't like in war. Hmm. I was on a base. And then suddenly a map came in. It was like looking at Google Maps and there was like a heat pulsing in the Arizona, like New Mexico, California, like right. I don't know which state it was in, but it was like right on that sort of border. Whoa. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, that was so weird. Why did that happen to me? And then... Like a week later, after I'd done the hypnosis thing and all of that and didn't really do anything, I was like, wait a second, maybe that was something that kind of just came to me. And so then I started looking for the uniform that I remembered seeing, and it was a World War II U.S. soldier uniform. Whoa. Yeah, isn't that cool? That's really cool. Wait, I love that you were able to find it. Can you send me a picture of what the uniform looked like? Yeah, 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 I will. That's so cool. It's one of those things where it's like, was that a past life or was it like a spirit that kind of passed through where you were and like gave you those visuals real quick? That's exactly what I was thinking because it was so unwarranted, you know, like it wasn't like a deja vu where I was in a place and saw something like I was just given. Yeah. Given a message, given a map. I wonder what's there. Let's find out. Let's go on a treasure hunt, Corinne. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Yes. Road trip. (laughs) Yes, I can finally live out of a van. Oh my gosh, that would be so fun. Anyway, that's my very like windbaggy way of saying that nothing happened really when I did Brian Weiss's regression, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to try again. It's so telling of you being such a great storyteller that even though not much happened, I was so intrigued. I got chills during your story. I was (laughs) hooked. Thanks. I really concerned my mom though, because I was home for my birthday. I told my mom that I was doing it and she was like, what do you need from me? Do I, what, what time can I come check on you? Should I be listening Aww. outside of the door? She like literally thought I was going to be astral projecting, was going to get trapped somewhere, was going to get a demon attached and untethering my soul. I was like, I don't think it's a projection thing. I think you're just tapping in. But I think meditation, a lot of people who meditate very deeply oftentimes could project. Yeah, that's true. It did exhaust me, though, too. I had to take a nap immediately after. Whoa. Interesting. Sabrina, now you have to try it, and then you have to report on your birthday. I'm too scared. I can't do that. I'm not brave. I've told you, like, I can't do those things alone. (laughs) On a road trip to... (laughs) To this map. To this map. This heat map. We'll, We'll do it. Okay, great. 
in the van in the middle of the desert. That sounds terrifying as well. Some will blame it on dehydration. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. All right. Well, let's get into the stories. Do you want to start? All right. This is from Javon. Good morning, Sabrina, Corinne, Leia, Fruitfly, and Nick. And shout out to my lovely fellow phantoms. Oh my gosh, how nice. She's given a lot of shout outs here. And a special hello to my kids, Ezekiel, Samari, and Preston, who I have had listened to the podcast with me since I've begun listening a year and a half ago. Also a quick hello to my husband, Ron, and my bonus children, Kanye, Nevea, and America, who I look forward to my car rides with because they like listening to the podcast too. Oh, fun. I'm going to quickly mention that I have a sort of sixth sense for the paranormal. My whole family is sensitive, truth be told, and I've experienced premonitions. I've had vivid dreams where I've talked to relatives who've passed on. I've had a playful ghost in my presence as well. And I've had many dark, scary encounters that I've witnessed too. And those are for another time. Okay, not going to let you get away with it, Javon. You got to send those to us eventually. Come on. You know Sabrina loves the darkness. For my birthday, please. (laughs) Where to begin? I suppose we should go way back to the beginning. Since I was a little girl, I've had a connection with the other side. As a baby, I used to play with my grandfather, Manuel, and he died and was buried nine months to the day that I was born. Ooh, I would have thought reincarnation, but sounds like he's just looking out for her. I don't remember communicating with him by any means. However, multiple family members have said that I used to play and talk to my grandfather often when I was a little girl. Although I don't remember playing with him, I do have some of his memories. For example... I have a memory of me, but in my grandpa's body, sitting on a milk crate in my grandparents' driveway with my male cousins, his grandsons, and my uncles, his sons. We were sitting there laughing and bonding while drinking. Another memory I have was building a shed next to my grandma's garden. I have seen these somewhat visions and more through his perspective. I don't know why I have these memories that are not my memories. Is there even a word or phrase that describes that? If there is... Please enlighten me. Reincarnation. Reincarnation, totally. But then also if her family members think that she was talking to him, I wonder if maybe he just plants all these memories to try to give proof to other relatives that he's around, knowing that she'll take them in and understand them. That's interesting. Moving forward, about six years ago, my family experienced several losses. It all began when my children lost their Papa Albert. A few months later, my Tio uncle in Spanish, Tia and Tio, my Tio, Ray, my cousin Victor, and my abuela Antonia and my father-in-law Ronnie all passed within months of each other, spanning a year's time. That's so sad. That's awful. Needless to say, it was a very rough time in our lives. However, through these tragedies and grief, the power of love from the other side has shined down on our family. My Tio Ray was my abuela's oldest son. He was 23 years older than my mother, and due to my grandfather passing away when my grandmother was 19 years old, my mom looked up to her brother as a father figure for most of her adult life. Needless to say, my uncle was the grandfather figure to my sisters and I as we were growing up. About six and a half years ago, my Tio was diagnosed with leukemia and lymphoma. Hmm. Tio Ray was a strong, proud man. He suffered a great deal, and he never once complained of any physical pain. At his healthiest, he was a tall and husky man with illness He lost half of his size. Oh, wow. It was devastating to see his body change. By God's grace, my uncle went into remission for about three months. He gained back some of the weight. He had life in his face again. And then things went south again on a quick decline. This time, his cancer came back and it spread more rapidly. He quickly went into hospice care. 
I can remember being at the hospital with my mom and aunts when the nurse from hospice came to talk to our family. I recall being somewhat scared of what I already knew was to come. I remember walking up to the hospice house and thinking this building was where people only come to die. I was so sad until I walked into the building and to my surprise, I felt at peace in this home. It was very tranquil, relaxing, and a comforting space. I was there as often as I could be, trying to do what I thought would make my uncle's transition easier for him. Tio Ray was a lover of all music, and we would go to music stores and sit there for hours just browsing their music selections. He is the reason that I love all genres of music. We fancied the oldies especially, so I found it only right to make a playlist of some of our faves. He had everything from classic Mexican music, gospel, country, oldies, etc. On my uncle's last night, I played a song, Angel Baby, by Rosie and the Originals, over and over again for us. That was the last song that he sang to me that February on the way to visit my abuelita on her birthday. I sat on the side of his bed with my hand over his heart, listening to him breathe, and I prayed that his last life transition be peaceful and painless. I only left his side a few times to use the restroom, and one of those times, I caught my mom and aunt sleeping on two recliners in the common area. I thought it was the cutest thing, so I took a photo of them sleeping together. Then I went back into my uncle's room and slept at his side until I had to leave for work the next morning. After working the longest four-hour shift of my life, I went home to shower and to get ready to go back to the hospice house. As soon as I stepped one foot into the shower, my husband got the call that my uncle had passed. Once we arrived to the hospice house, most of my family had already arrived. I'd seen my tío laying in bed where I had left him that morning, and he looked peaceful. Once the ambulance arrived to take him to the funeral home, I dropped my knees and I thanked God for taking my uncle peacefully. I was so thankful that my uncle's suffering was over. So remember that I mentioned that I took a photo of my mom and my aunt sleeping that night. Well, just before the memorial service was held for my uncle, I looked at that photo on my phone. And what I saw between my mom and aunt was the perfect image of a large angel's shadow on the wall behind them. Oh, wow. (sighs) I tried looking for that photo to send you ladies, but I cannot seem to find it anywhere. Um, But when I'm not looking, somehow it just starts to appear out of nowhere. When it appears again, I'll be sure to send you the photos. Wow. On to my grandma who passed only eight months later after my uncle. My grandmother had dementia for several years. And while in her nursing home, she was still very active for the most part. She was always cleaning the hospital room, which was her room in the dementia wing Around the time that I was born, she had worked in the hospital as a housekeeper, and her job was to clean rooms for the long-term patients. Most of the time, she was in another place in her life, rarely in the present. It was good knowing that she felt as though she had a purpose in life. Shortly after my cousin Victor had passed, my grandmother went into a fairly quick health decline. Our family decided that we shouldn't tell my grandmother about my uncle or her grandson passing away, as at this point, she wouldn't have understood what was going on. However, I personally felt as though she already knew what was going on. The day before my grandmother's passing, she was surrounded by all of her loved ones, her sons, daughters, her sons-in-laws, daughters-in-laws, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Everyone was there. It wasn't until everyone left her that she was able to make her final transition. Once I received a call of her passing, my husband and I jetted to the nursing home. I was the first one there by her side, and I remember again falling to my knees next to her crying because I already missed her so much. And I recall sobbing so loudly, Mm. yet quietly, and I asked her to never leave me alone and to always be by my side until I can join her one day. And my grandma, who was my whole life, she was my mother, my best friend, my partner in crime. 
My abuelita passed just six days before her 93rd birthday. On her birthday that year, just like we did any other year, my mom, my tias, my daughter, and my primas, which is cousins, all got together. We got my grandma a beautiful cake decorated with yellow and purple, the color of her favorite flower, pansies. We went out to dinner to celebrate her life, and her favorite place to eat was Olive Garden. (laughs) (laughs) She loved her fettuccine Alfredo with shrimp. So that's what we got her. We told each of our best stories that we had with grandma. We shared photos. We laughed. We cried. We smiled. Once we finished our meal, the cake was brought out to our table, and we sang Las Mañanitas, the Mexican birthday song for my abuelita. And midway through singing my abuela's birthday tribute song, the light in the entire restaurant dimmed down for a whole 15 seconds. Everyone at our table felt a calming embrace during this time. And it was like one giant hug was wrapped around all of us all together at once. We believe grandma was there with us celebrating what would have been her 93rd birthday. Okay, my last story. In our current house, I always joke with my kids and their friends about having a dead man in our china cabinet. What? (laughs) That would scar me. (laughs) What a That's so funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love it. Can you imagine being her kids' friends like, oh, my God, I can't go over there. I'm scared of their china cabinet. Or going home to their parents and being like, Mom, there's a dead man in their china cabinet. (laughs) I'm going to tell my kids' friends that. My father-in-law Ronnie's ashes are in there. Oh, so differently is. <laughs> Often doors and cabinets in our house will slam shut. I feel like my father-in-law is playing with us now and again. The reason I think it's him is because, number one, he's in our house with us. And number two, he was very goofy, happy, all-around funny guy. He's the type of person who would just stop by and say hi out of nowhere. And when he popped over, even if we weren't home, he'd leave us some grand gesture so that We couldn't miss that he was there. Like one time when my kids were really little, he took their sidewalk chalk and wrote a huge Grandpa Ronnie was here note for us along the driveway. I've had my father-in-law on my mind a lot recently. Well, just shortly after Mother's Day on my way to bed, something odd happened. I told my son Preston that the living room area was all his as I was on my way to bed and he acknowledged me and continued with Fortnite. I turned the hallway light off and proceeded up the stairs, and as I was halfway up the stairs, the bathroom and closet doors slammed shut, and the light that I had just turned off turned back on. I was freaked out. I ran back downstairs and asked Preston if he turned the hallway light back on. I know he didn't turn the light on because he was in the same spot that he'd been sitting in before, and he was in the middle of his game. Plus, he's fast, but he's not that fast. He looked and laughed and said, Mom, that's what you get for always telling us that mess referencing his grandpa in the china cabinet the doors always closed by themselves he said (laughs) oh my god i had to tell my father-in-law to chill on the loud gestures because i know he's in the house with us no need to scare me since that day there's only been a couple small things that have happened well until last night that is i woke up from sleeping on the couch to use the bathroom and it was 2 56 a.m i laid back down on the couch and i dozed off and all of a sudden i heard the loudest crash of cans falling on the floor. It was now 3.16 a.m. I woke up, freaked the fuck out, and was like, nope, no fucking way. You need to get out of my house if you're going to be acting like that. Please go away. Lord Jesus, please watch over my family and I. Nope, no, no. Now you gotta go. Sorry, ghost. I'm laughing today, but last night I thought I was gonna have a heart attack. (laughs) That's all this go around. These are some of my pleasant stories. I've had some spooky ones as well, especially the one 
about the unplugged microwave turning on by itself, a demonic entity chasing my son and his best friend at my aunt's real-life haunted house, cigarette smoke being puffed in my face by no one that I could see, something that came out of the Ouija board, then threw a person across the room. What? Javon, you have to tell us. My husband Ron and I staying overnight in a haunted castle on our anniversary years ago, and a lot of stuff like that. Again, I love you both, wishing you nothing but love and prosperity. All the way from East Lansing, Michigan, your ghoul friend, Javon. Wow, Javon. I'm, I want to know about the demon in the Ouija board throwing someone across the room. Yeah, because I feel like this story and these stories were so focused on family, which I love because I, I think it's like so special to have your family members come visit you and be there with, with you after they pass. But Javon, you have clearly had so many experiences. I think you are very open to the paranormal and ghosts like you. Javon should probably just write a book because it sounds like she could easily. Javon should just take over our podcast. I think so. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I'm like, should we just give the mics over? <laughs> I think there are people better suited for this. <laughs> wow. But how lovely, too, to have clear signs from mm -hmm. loved ones who've passed, who you've spent so much time and energy and just, like, devotion into building relationships with these people and being by their side when things get tough, when they get sick, when they get old, when things happen. Yeah. They were such important figures in her life, too. Yeah. So like, they knew that she needed them to come stop by and say hi and appear in these ways. I just have so much respect for her grandmother, who loved Olive Garden and would go there every year for her birthday. <laughs> so good. I feel like my grandmother was like that. So good. Ugh. Who doesn't love it? I love their salads. Their dressing. I love mm. their, like, two-for-one pasta deal. Are you kidding? That's what you go there for. And their breadsticks. I usually fill up on salad and breadsticks. I can't even get to the pasta. I'm a minestrone soup kind of guy. <laughs> my Olive Garden. Let's hear a story told in your voice now. Okay, let me see. Which one do I want to read? Hmm, okay. I have a story from Nancy. It's called Headless Priest. Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. My name is Nancy. I am from a small town in Southern California called Ramona. I have always been obsessed with the paranormal and the unexplained, and I recently stumbled upon your podcast and am binge listening to it. Your show has truly gotten me through this 2020 craziness. So this is a story that I didn't have happen to me personally, but it happened to my mom's sister. It takes place in Guanajuato, Mexico, about 40 years ago. My aunt, we'll call her Natalie, was about five years old when this happened. Natalie was the youngest of six children. My mom was the oldest. The house where my grandma and her kids lived was my grandma's brother. So my grandma had to help around the house a lot. The house was big and had lots of property and the family members warned my grandma and her kids not to go in or near one of the rooms, which was located away from the main house. No one questioned why, they just thought maybe it was a private room. One day, as my grandma was working outside the house, she told my mom to watch all her brothers and sisters. My mom and her siblings, being kids, decided to go and play hide-and-seek on the property. My aunt was so young, and she wandered off. And as you can imagine, she ended up in the room where no one was allowed to go. Back then, the doors had these giant keyholes, so my aunt Natalie tried to open the door, but it was always locked. 
She looked in through the huge keyhole and screamed so loud that all the other kids ran and rushed to her. When my grandma ran to see what was going on, my aunt was pale and was crying. Everyone kept asking Natalie what was wrong, but she couldn't form any words. My grandma's brother scolded my grandma and told her that Natalie must have seen the headless priest. My grandma didn't believe it, and as the days passed, my aunt became very ill. She wouldn't eat or even speak, and my grandma had to take her to the doctor, but they couldn't find what was wrong with her. So after a few days of my aunt getting worse, my grandma's brother suggested that they take Natalie to a witch doctor, also known as a curandero. My grandma, realizing she was running out of options, decided to give it a try. So the witch doctor did some kind of cleanse on my aunt, and she later told my grandma that my aunt had seen a very bad spirit. They assured my grandma that in that forbidden room is where the spirit of the headless priest had been seen many times. There had been older kids who say that any time they looked in that room, there was a headless priest that signaled them to come inside. (gasps) Legend has it that many years ago, the property used to be a brothel house. The priest used to take his weekly donations from the church and bring them to the brothel and have them close down the house for just him. One day, one of the girl's husbands went searching for his wife, angry after he found out that she worked in this brothel. He caught his wife in bed with the priest, and in anger, the husband chopped off the priest's head with an axe. Oh my gosh. Till this day, people in the neighborhood swear they still see a headless priest in that room and sometimes walking down that street. Needless to say, my aunt was okay after seeing the witch doctor, but my grandma was advised never to tell my aunt what happened. So this story has been told to everyone in the family, except for my aunt and her daughters. Funny thing is now, my aunt lives in Georgia, and till this day, spirits keep following her everywhere she goes, and she has no idea why they keep choosing her. Wow. And then she says, I hope you read this on your show, because my birthday is coming up on August 24th. Stay spooky, and see you on the other side. Your newest and biggest fan, Nancy. August 24th. Happy almost birthday. Happy almost birthday. We sandwich you on yeah. August birthdays. Oh, birthday sandwich. Just a little a little hug. I wonder if it's when he's like summoning people to come in. I wonder if it's really just he doesn't quite understand that how he looks and how he's presenting himself. And so he doesn't realize that he's really scary. And maybe he was just looking for some interaction or is like used to being a community man as a priest and and having a lot of people to connect with. But when you first were talking about it, I was like, holy crap, why is he trying to summon people into the, like, what's he going to do to them? And also the fact that the witch doctor said that Natalie had seen an evil spirit. It makes me wonder, well, because clearly this priest was not following the rules of his position as a priest. Like he was buying out a brothel for himself and taking part of activities that are not allowed for priests. Like they're supposed to be celibate. It makes me wonder if because they dedicated their lives to a profession that was like, I give mind, body and soul to God. Like if they are, if they do something wrong in that path, like if it makes them then go straight to hell and be a bad spirit, you know, I wonder how it works. Like, are, is it because, or is he just a terrible person? Who knows? Right. It it almost brings me back to the bell, Witch, oh. where it's thought that it was the bell, Witch is actually the neighbor lady who all of her spite and hatred for the bell patriarch was so intense that when she passed like that part of her soul chipped off and became this paranormal creature that then like 
taunted and destroyed this family. And so I wonder if maybe it's a similar thing, like everything that was negative about him just spiraled off Mm -hmm. in the afterlife and just became this other entity. That's like shadow people. That's what they assume shadow people are. Speaking of too many shadows in my apartment, I'm going to walk away for one second and turn all the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were transitioning into a story about shadow people. No, I'm just scared. (laughs) (laughs) That happens here. It does. All right. I have a story from T. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. I have a story for you that I was reminded of after listening to your peekaboo episode. This happened to my brother when he was five and my mom was pregnant with me. My brother is a very honest, quiet, and keeps-to-himself kind of man, and I was really surprised when one night, after some drinks, he started telling me all of these paranormal stories that he had experienced since he was a child. He had never told anyone before, and when I brought them up again, he said he forgot he even told me and he (laughs) didn't want to talk about them. He seemed really freaked out. But I asked permission to send this story, and he said it was fine. Yes. He was at a family birthday party in a large apartment complex. The adults were chatting at the table, and the kids started playing tag outside. After hiding and seeking each other for a few minutes, it was my brother's turn to be it. He counted to ten with his eyes closed, and when he opened them, he saw a few kids still running away in scattered directions. He noticed one of our cousins ran to the back of the apartment alone, so my brother decided to go tag him, because he said, He seemed the easiest to catch. (laughs) When he got to the back of the complex, he saw our cousin standing completely still, facing the wall, just standing there, staring, with his back to my brother and just inches from the wall. Oh my god. My brother ran up to him, tapped him, and yelled, You're it! I got you! And my cousin didn't move. He tapped him again and noticed that it felt very cold. And he said he suddenly got a feeling that something wasn't right. So he kind of pulled his arm to turn him around. And when he saw my cousin's face, he said it was our cousin, but he was white as a sheet of paper and motionless with a blank stare. My brother got scared and he ran away to the front of the apartment where the adults and the other kids were. He said he turned the corner and he saw our cousin, the one that he had just tagged. And he said, what took you so long? Where did you go? As if he had been there with the other kids the entire time. It gives me the chills every time I think of this story. Love, love, love your podcast. Keep up the spooky work. See you on the other side. T. That is horrifying. Doppelganger. But like a really freaking scary one that was trying to lure her brother into the darkness. I absolutely hate it. It's traumatizing. So terrifying. I don't, T, I do not blame your brother for not wanting to talk about his experiences. That's so, so scary. It's one thing if you're like, oh, I I can't understand it. My cousin maybe was playing a prank on me or maybe he got possessed for a moment. But the fact is that he was touching who he thought was his cousin and had this very close up interaction in private on the back of the house where it's like you are so unprotected. And then when returning around the corner, found his actual cousin there. So like, what was that thing? I don't know. Because clearly it's separate from his actual cousin. I don't know. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. So freaky. Wait, okay. This actually leads very well into the next story that I have because... uh, Okay. Well, I'm going to read it. Okay. This is from Taylor. Hello, girls. Strap in. Growing up in my grandma's haunted house, I saw my fair share of ghosts and shadow people, and I am pretty sure a couple of demons here and there as well. 
It got to the point that I would sleep in my grandma's bed with her at 14 years old because every night at 3 a.m. I would be awoken by footsteps walking up the stairs and stopping in front of my door a couple of times and then there would be scratching on my door and when I would open it, no one would be there. So I went and slept with my grandma. (laughs) So one night I was lying in bed with my grandma and she got up to go use the restroom. She left the lamp on and I turned over waiting for her to return. But my eye caught something standing in the doorway. There, standing there in the doorway, I saw my little brother. Just as I was about to ask him what he was doing awake, he turned around and left. When my grandma came back, I told her my brother was awake, and she went upstairs to tell him to go back to sleep. She comes back downstairs about five minutes later and tells me he was snoring and dead asleep. Freaked out, I decide to just let it go. She gets back in bed and turns off the lamp. So then I turn on my back, and there, at the foot of my grandma's waterbed is my brother, standing there, glaring at me. Oh my god, no! Only this time, I notice that his eyes are completely black. I scream, and I tell my grandma to turn on the light, and she does, and I can still see the silhouette of what I thought was my brother standing there. I flew the covers over my head and asked my grandma to cuddle me, and she did. She was used to me seeing things in her house, and well aware that we had visitors. A couple of weeks pass, and me and my grandma don't mention what happened to anyone, Then, one day, my mom leaves for work and tells me goodbye and yells goodbye to my brother upstairs. My brother yells bye and my mom walks out. A couple of minutes later, she comes back inside and her face is pale white. She tells me that when she went outside, she saw my brother standing on the front lawn, staring at her. (gasps) Oh my god, no! She told him goodbye again and that she loved him, but then she froze because she remembered she had just said goodbye to him and he was upstairs. She turned around, and the figure pretending to be my brother was now gone. I'm not going to sleep tonight. (laughs) Fuck. We saw him periodically for a few months after that, but towards the end, we would just hear my brother's voice when he wasn't home or when he was sleeping. After a while, it quit showing up, and I can speak for all of us when I say we did not miss it showing up again. Thanks for letting me share my stories. See you on the other side, Taylor. Oh my god, this is so creepy. The fact that multiple people saw it and it was like essentially stalking the family and continued to present itself as the brother yeah mm-hmm. i just got the worst image of the brother like brushing his teeth or like washing his face and looking up in the mirror and thinking he's just looking at himself but it's actually the thing just Ugh. like mimicking all of his movements learning him love it i'm so in for the scene in a movie oh my god it's so scary but also i'm thinking that any like taylor the reason she went and slept with her grandma in the first place is because when she was sleeping alone in the bedroom upstairs she would hear footsteps and scratching on her door at 3 a.m was it this doppelganger was it this weird entity that was mimicking her brother what's so gross to think about what the fuck did i just see oh my god i don't know I don't know either. Let's pretend I saw nothing. I don't know what it is. Let's move on. From the two descriptions of this doppelganger creature, it seems to be very blank-faced other than staring. It's not really doing much else. It's very like just kind of, it, it reminds me of It Follows, like just going to relate everything back to that mm. for eternity. But like there's nothing else happening. It's just something there, something coming for you, something waiting so to think that it would exhibit like all of this energy and emotion with the scratching and the footsteps and like quick movements just really freaks me out like i would not want to see the facial expression on that thing 
And then also what if it's using too much energy to move around that like while it's running, it like kind of morphs into like what its real form is. Oh God. And so it has like some features that are reminiscent of whatever it's posing as, but then it has like a weird morphed ear or something like strange. Yes. Or like a horn coming out. I'm picturing like the spine just like protruding too much oh, out gosh. of the, the back skin. And then you're just like, I'm so sorry. Do you have scoliosis? Do you need help? Do you need help? Or is there a demon wearing your skin? Oh, God. This is called Called the Cops on a Ghost. Oi. <laughs> it's from Joanna. Hi, ladies. It's so weird writing this out to you because I've only told this story to my siblings who are also fans of the paranormal. But here it goes. My now husband and I purchased a home together and never had a problem at the house. A few years into owning the home together, my husband's grandpa passed away and we spent a few months mourning him. One night, we were at home watching TV in our basement, which is our family room, and we heard a huge bang. It sounded like our back door had swung open, followed by steps throughout the house. Our dog was silent, so that was odd because we could clearly hear someone walking around every room in our house. My husband and I thought about going upstairs to check what it was, but it was so clear. It sounded like someone was really there. So immediately, we decided to call the cops. We stayed on the phone, and they came into the house. They searched every room, and they found nothing. They said our front door was closed, but unlocked, which made no sense because we always locked our front door, and the back door was completely locked, and nothing was out of place. Nothing. We felt like such idiots because we called the cops for no reason, but we were so sure that there was someone in the house. I think it was a ghost, and the timing was just odd because Grandpa had just passed away. My husband wasn't so sure, but two adults being 100% sure they heard something in the house is too coincidental to be ignored. Mm -hmm. Fast forward, I can't remember if this was months or years after, but we were traveling and we left the dog at home alone. We had someone come by to feed her and take her outside, etc., but nobody stayed overnight with her. Everything was fine, and we didn't get any odd reports from the dog sitter. But when we got home, we noticed the faint smell of gas in the laundry room next to the basement TV room. We also noticed that the laundry room had an open window. The window was one of those weird ones that swung upward, so they didn't stay open on their own. Not like the newer ones that we're used to. The window had been held shut with an old screwdriver on the handle, keeping it closed. But the screwdriver was now on the ground, and the window was cracked open, even the curtain and the rod that were on the window were on the floor, like it had just swung open with a ton of force. Oh. There are metal rods outside of the window and the window screen, so there's no way someone pushed from the outside. The crazy part is that we called someone to check on the gas smell, and the technician told us that if we hadn't had that window open, the house would have filled up with gas and would probably have killed us due to a gas leaking from one of the pipes. Oh my gosh. I really think that grandpa was around and he just cracked that window open and that he came by to visit when we were in the basement. My husband kept dismissing my theory because he doesn't believe in ghosts. But a few years later, he told me that he saw a random man, not my grandpa, walking in our basement. He was wearing a hat. I thought he was messing around with me, but he swore he saw someone in that house. So I think he's starting to agree with me. There's just no explanation for the random footsteps above us and then the window saving the day. Anyway, grandpa or no grandpa, someone was looking out for us and scared us shitless and made the cops very annoyed with the crazy couple who called them for no reason. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast, Joanna. 
Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, if you hear someone upstairs, you absolutely should call for help. Right. We should make a rule that you assume it to be a break-in before you assume it to be a paranormal. Absolutely. Because humans can be a lot scarier than ghosts. So let's protect ourselves. Okay. That's amazing. I know. And not only was her and her husband potentially saved by not spending time in this gas-filled house, but the dog was saved. The dog was home alone. I know. Could you imagine? A pet sitter walking in is not going to notice. I mean, if they do, maybe they'll just like assume that it's the normal smell of the house, you know? And also, if the pet sitter did notice, the pet sitter should have told them or and or not only just opened the window, but like actually called the gas company like they did when they came home. You know, like if the pet sitter did it, like they would have known they would know it was the pet sitter. And for the screwdriver and, and everything in the window to be the way that it was and like kind of impossibly opened, it's just, man, oh man, gotta love a good ghost, a protective ghost, saving the day. Hmm. All right. What do you have? I just want a ghost to save me. I know. I also don't want to be saved. Like I don't want anything. I don't want to experience anything that I need to be saved from. But if I do, true, I want a ghost There's a trend on social media, I'm sure you've seen it, where people pretend to faint in front of their pets (gasps) to see what their pets will do. And I like the idea that you fake faint to see if any of the ghosts (laughs) in your apartment will help you. (laughs) I'll try it and I'll I'll get back to you. Yeah, let me know what Leia does and let me know if any spirits (laughs) present themselves. That's hilarious. I love it. Okay, this is from Christelle. And it's called Attempted Murder Slash Ghost Story Combo. Hello, kindred spirits. I love your podcast, and I'll just get to it. I've had paranormal experiences for most of my life, but this experience impacted me more than any of the others. It's been about 18 years, but I remember it like it was yesterday. Here goes. I lived in an apartment next to a wonderful family of four. The family moved after six months because I had purchased a home that was several blocks away. A month after they moved, I heard from Lilith, the mom of that family, and she was calling to let me know that there was a house next to the one they purchased that would soon be for sale. She gave me the name Mackie and Mackie's phone number. So I called Mackie and we scheduled a time to meet later that afternoon. My boyfriend Rich and I showed up at the home and found it dilapidated. It was an older home, maybe 80 or 90 years, in the only historic part of the town. It was beautiful, even though it was so run down and Mackie invited us in to take a look around. We went upstairs, and I found myself saying out loud, it needs a lot of work. I'd lose myself in this house with all the improvements it needs. And Rich looked at me funny, like, why are you saying this? I then told him that Mackie was going to sell the house to whoever would fix it up, not the highest offer. Rich, again, just looked at me puzzled. We then ventured into another room upstairs. I stepped into the threshold and stopped. I felt a cold rush through my upper body, and then the aching pain in my chest. I gasped. Something terrible happened here. I have to leave. I cannot stay in this room. My head hurts. And I don't know how I knew this or why I was having those sensations, but I quickly went back downstairs. We found Mackie sitting in the living room, and she smiled and asked, Well, what you think? She then went on to tell us that it was her mom's house, and her mom lived there a long time by herself. She had planted several fruit trees in the backyard and loved the home. Mackie also stated she wanted to sell the house to someone who would fix it up. 
She didn't really care about the money. She knew that that was what her mom would have wanted. I blurted out before I could stop myself. Mackie, is your mom still here? I couldn't believe myself. Rich whipped his head in my direction and looked at me in disbelief. But to my surprise, Mackie giggled and replied, you can feel her too? I replied with a nod. Rich quickly left the room with Mackie's husband and Mackie began to tell me the story of her mom and more about the house. Her mom loved to fish and in the creepy room where I got the heebie-jeebies was where her mom had all of her fishing supplies and poles and lures and knives, etc. One night, a man broke into her house by climbing in her second story window and into that same room. Her mom heard the scuffle and when she opened the door to the room, he grabbed one of her knives and stabbed her repeatedly in the chest, leaving her for dead. He then grabbed her car keys and stole her car. But amazingly, she was able to get to the phone to call the police and they caught the criminal before he could leave town. Mackie's mom survived that horrifying experience and lived a long, full life. What a badass. Wow. But Mackie also told me that her mom would experience waves of terror after that happened and was always afraid that man would come back. He never did. And while it was an amazing afternoon, I never told Mackie of my experience in that room. Mackie shared many other stories about the house with me that day, and while I didn't purchase the house because it wasn't the right time, I would periodically ride my bike, and still do, by the house to check on it. I'm not really sure why, but today when I ride by the house, I can see that it's beautifully renovated, which I know would make Mackie's mom very happy. It also makes me happy. See you on the other side, Christelle. That's so sweet. I love that it was kind of like a mom and daughter duo when it came to selling the home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it was like downstairs was Mackie and then upstairs was her mom. Yeah. It was like there was always a homeowner in every floor. Just kind of like, so what do you think? How do you feel? What are your plans? What are you thinking about doing? This story also proves that like residual energy exists. Like the mm-hmm. fact that amazingly... Mackie's mom survived that horrendous attack, but the energy and like fear and trauma from that night just like sunk into that room, into its walls, into the floors and like left a mark there. Yeah. Oh God. I can't even imagine that having something so scary and horrendous happen to you and then having to remain like in that space and to have that energy stained, you know? I know. So sad. Many people probably either can't move or don't want to because, you know, like people like their spaces and put a lot of effort in. And if something horrible happens, sometimes that triggers a move, but then other times it's still, oh God, I just can't. Yeah. I can't even. Yeah. It's imagine hard. how scary that would be. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, I have another one to read. This is from Lauren. Hey girls, I just got caught up with your podcast and I'm now re-listening to my favorite one, episode 17, In the Dark. And thought, I just had to tell you my encounter with the shadow men. Yes. I was about 11 or 12 living in North Carolina. I was spending the night at a friend's house and she lived literally in the backwoods. Her backyard had a cornfield or wheat field. I don't really remember. About 30 feet from the porch. But one night we were playing games and listening to music and talking about cute boys. You know, typical teenage girl talk. When we heard scratching on her bedroom window. And I have no idea what possessed us to look out of the window, but stupid us looked out and didn't see anything unusual. So we just chucked it up to the wind and continued on with what we were doing. A few minutes later, we heard banging on the window. 
we were really scared at this point because the knocking was almost like someone was trying to get our attention. Oh no. She immediately got up and turned off the lights and I grabbed the blanket that I was wrapped up in. We crept to the bottom of the window and we looked out and I could not believe what my eyes were seeing. It was one really tall man in a black hood with glowing red eyes standing at the front of the field. Then more men proceeded to come out (gasps) of the field. Oh my God. There had to have been 10 of them. We screamed. We ran straight to her mom's room at the other end of the house. And her mom didn't believe us when we told her what had just happened. But you can tell in our voices that we were scared. Her mom went to the back door and turned on the big floodlight outside. And when we looked, there was no one there. We decided to sleep in the living room that night. The next morning, we went out to the field to investigate. And where we saw the man come out of the field were a few stalks that had been broken. Needless to say, I never spent the night at her house again. (laughs) Well, thanks for reading my encounter and continue doing a good job, Lauren. Oh, that's absolutely terrifying. So scary. Because like the scratching on the bedroom window, I guess you could say it's wind, but wouldn't you really only be able to say it's wind if you had a tree that backed up to the house and like a branch was tickling the window? Yeah, but sometimes like wind can be really loud and like, just the strength of it hit the window in a way and make it sound different. True. And like the wood just around the window too. I'm sure like there's some movement in the house. Right. Some natural creaks and whatnot. But then the looking outside and seeing a really freaking tall man with red eyes and then more men coming out of the woods behind them is you can't explain that away. Yeah. And in a black hood. And I would assume that all of the other men were dressed exactly the same. Ooh, so scary. So it's very like cult-like, you know? It almost reminds me of the listener story that we read at the end of this past episode where she had mentioned very briefly that her mom or dad, one of them when they were younger, had seen like a group of, like a a cult-like group levitating in a circle in the field. And this is kind of what this reminds me of. Like, I wonder if there is some sort of weirdness going on. Well, I mean, hell and worshiping the devil's technically a cult. I mean, most things I think could be classified as cult activity, right? Phantoms of our podcast could be technically a cult. I mean, yeah, a group think, man. I don't know. I mean, it definitely sounds like it's a paranormal, like they're not Real humans, like real humans don't have glowing red eyes. Ooh, what is it? Because it is kind of shadow manny, but they were also in cloaks and had glowing red eyes and they all came out and had this sort of, it sounds like formation to them. Get information. Then they started doing Beyonce's single lady dance <laughs> and just really wanted to join the sleepover and talk about boys. Too good. I have a story from Ashley. She says, hey, y'all, I've been listening for a while and you're amazing. My name's Ashley and I use her, she pronouns. So this first story is called Ghost Burped and Called My Dad an Asshole. (laughs) I like this ghost. I completely forgot about all of this since my dad and his girlfriend moved out, but they had a ghost at the house they lived in while I was in high school. At first, we had our suspicions. There were normal things that were weird or like we had weird feelings or things were being moved around. But with two kids and cats, we all just assumed it was one of them. Then we started smelling perm solution whenever we got the weird feelings. It was never threatening, but just weird. 
A lot of the times it would be while we were watching a funny movie or playing games. But the first real interaction was when my dad was completely alone in the house. The dogs were playing outside and the cats were all eating across the house. He was reading a book on his phone and caught the perm scent, then all of a sudden heard an extremely loud burp from across the room. Without thinking, he said, excuse you. But then he realized he was completely alone in the room. The next interaction he had was when he and his girlfriend had gotten into a big fight. She stormed out of the bedroom and went to the kitchen across the house, and he sat on the bed, relaxed, and then all of a sudden caught the perm smell again and heard very clearly the word asshole in a woman's voice. He yells across the house about how mature his girlfriend was being by calling him an asshole, and then she comes back in swearing she didn't. My dad's girlfriend had one experience herself. She was asleep and was woken up by the feeling of someone next to her. She looked over and saw a figure standing at the end of her bed and assumed it was one of the kids who were 10 and 11 years old at the time because our dog Kira was looking at the figure but didn't seem bothered at all. It wasn't until the next morning that she realized that none of the kids were in that house that night. I never had any experiences as interesting as that, but I thought you would enjoy. And then my second story This just happened to me and it's freaking nuts, like extra country peanut butter nuts. And (laughs) it's worth the read. Here we go. So it was about 1 a.m. and I'm lying in bed, just finished a little crying because I'm a sad bitch. So, you know, I'm about to have a good ass (laughs) sleep. (laughs) I'll join you on the sad bitch club. So then I hear a knocking sound and I thought it was Snuggles, my fat ass cat, which I'll attach a photo for you. And I thought my cat was just trying to get his food container which he has a full bowl, by the way, so I ignore it. Well, then Snuggles jumps on my bed and the knocking continues, and I realize it's coming from my window. I have the basement room, so I lay in bed completely fucking frozen for like five minutes, and then I get the courage to look at the little break in my curtains, and all I see is movement from a male figure. This point, I'm in tears because I'm fucking terrified, and this figure is trying to talk to me and knocking on my window finally get the courage to jump up and run out of my room like how it took that long I don't know because it was so scary and not like this murderer could have broken into my window and climbed into my room faster than I got out the door that's right next to my bed I run upstairs to my sister and my dad on the couches and I'm bawling my damn eyes out like the crybaby I am and I'm screaming that there's a man knocking on my window and watching me and my dad just looks at me like straight chilling like I was saying there was a bunny outside (laughs) and my sister runs up to look out of her room window which is above mine, since she believes me, I guess. And my mom comes out because she hears me pretty much screaming in hysterics at this point, while my dad is still watching his damn alien documentary, like everything's chill. (laughs) And my mom comes out and just walks out the door, no weapon or anything. And I follow crying. And then my sister comes out too. And none of us have any shoes or anything to defend ourselves with. And then we round the corner of my house and it's pitch black And my mom just calls out to this dude like, get the fuck out. And all of a sudden, this guy steps into the light and it's my friend's husband. He was drunk and too scared to go home because he didn't have his keys and didn't want to get into trouble. So I'm on the ground trying to breathe and my slow and slow my heart rate down because I'm about to go into full panic attack mode. And my mom just like, oh, Ashley, here you go. I'm going back to bed and just leaves me on the ground still trying to breathe. So moral of the story, if this was a horror movie, my whole family would be the dumb white family that dies in the beginning. Love you, Ashley. How did this guy get into their house? He wasn't in their house. He was like outside by the window. 
Still <laughs> lurking. Like, come to the front door, man. Seriously. Or Don't like, creep around the side. Call Ashley's phone. I get, yeah, I guess he was drunk. So, <laughs> common your decision making skills are impaired there. But, oh my God. Can you imagine? Like, I feel like that's just dangerous behavior because if you go to the wrong house, if you spook the wrong person and they misidentify the situation because they think you're an intruder because that's what you look like, you could get really injured just yeah. creeping through the darkness. But her family was just so chill about it. Her dad is just watching alien documentaries, just living his life, having no idea that in a few years' time, there's going to be an old lady getting her perm, probably smoking some cigarettes, calling him an asshole. (laughs) Oh, God, I love that ghost. Um, The fact that she's just like, also the fact that they saw her so or experienced her and sensed her when they were watching like funny videos or playing games makes me love her even more. She's like just there for fun. And then she like was just like sitting back on the couch burping. How funny. Life of the party. Love her. I picture her as one of the women in the salon in Legally Blonde. You know, one of those, one of those gals. One of those ladies. So great. Okay. I have one from Jess and it's actually two stories. So we get we have to double dip and go stories Two for here. one. Like the Olive Garden pasta. This episode is sponsored by Olive Garden. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry, no breadsticks, though. No breadsticks. We're out. My name is Jess, and I just started listening to your podcast last weekend. Listening to your encounters episodes reminds me of some of the experiences that I've had, and I would like to share them. This story is long, so I apologize in advance. Growing up in Western Massachusetts, I lived in a haunted house. It was a yellow Victorian-style house with a grand staircase in the entryway. Am I dreamy? I know. As you move further down the hallway, there was a dining room connecting to the kitchen, and the kitchen was in the same room as the living room. It was a really open-concept house for one that was built in the 1800s. There was a spiral staircase in the living and ki- in the kitchen-slash-living room area that led upstairs where all the bedrooms were. My parents' bedroom was at the end of the hall, and my older sister, Dakota, her room was right across from it. Now that I'm thinking about it, I never had a bedroom in that house. I think I was sleeping with my parents. (laughs) My aunt also lived with us for a short period of time. She had the bedroom closet to the spiral staircase and across from the upstairs bedroom. We only used the kitchen and living room area, the bathroom upstairs, and the two bedrooms upstairs. The rest of the house was empty. Every day, we would hear footsteps from upstairs, clearly a man, because they were loud. I remember the TV in my sister's room would turn on when we were sleeping and just blare static. One time, my uncle was sleeping over, and he's only about 15 years older than my sister and I. We were playing, and Dakota was talking to someone. My uncle asked her who she was talking to, and she said, Don't worry, uncle. It's just Jamie. He's my friend. My uncle, being a teenage boy, freaked out. He ran out of the room, and he slept at the foot of my parents' bed that night. (laughs) Clearly, my sister did not view the spirit as a threat. Oh my gosh. The bedroom at the end of the hall that once belonged to my aunt was the most haunted room in the house. The air just felt heavy in there, and I always avoided that room. When she moved out, the door was always locked, and no one went in there. Across the hall was the bathroom. When you are standing in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, you will see someone walk behind you in the hallway. (gasps) But when you turn around, no one is there. Ooh. (gasps) No, thank you. Nightmare. nightmare. This would happen nearly every other time that you looked in the mirror. However, it happened so often 
that you just kind of got used to it. So this is the story. I was only around four years old when this happened, but it still gives me chills and I remember it clearly. I was in the living room playing while my mom was making dinner. She was less than 10 feet away from me and we were only separated by the kitchen island. Diagonal from me in the dining room was a large built-in cabinet. The cabinet was the medicine cabinet of the original owner of the house, a doctor slash town business owner slash I don't know what else. I was standing at our coffee table playing with a toy truck and I looked up and I see him. I see an older man standing by the cabinet just looking at me. I say, mommy, I don't like that man (laughs) as I stare at him. She looks up and says, what man? Where is he? And I point at the cabinet in the room And of course, she says she sees nothing. I say, I don't like that man looking at me. This is where my memory fails me. I don't remember what happened after I see him because I don't remember how he left. However, my mom freaks out and screams for my dad to come downstairs. He searches the whole house for the man and they find no one. They have me describe him and I do. He's wearing a black suit. He has white hair. He is wearing a black hat and he has a cane. We ended up moving out of that house a little while after because it was just too big for us. My mom remembers how the house felt different after we moved out, like it was filled with sadness. Aww. I like to think that our ghost liked having us there. Years later, when the internet became a widespread thing, this local historian made a website and old photos from our town. Because our house was one of the first houses in the town, there were a lot of photos in it. However, we found one that really freaked us out. There was a photo of the original owner of the house. He was sitting in the carriage in front of the house. He was wearing a black suit. He had white hair. He was wearing a black top hat. It was the man that I saw. Oh my gosh, I'm so freaked out. She said, I'll post the link below. I can't wait. I have to open the link right now and look. I just did. So cool. He's in those little like carriage. Wow. And he's got a horse. Dang. Ooh. Confirmation. Wow. We rarely get confirmation and answers and we get this with this one. How cool. This is great. One day, years after we'd moved out, my uncle and I were driving by the house. There was a woman about to go in the house, and spur of the moment, my uncle pulls into the driveway. She turns around and asks if she could help us. He says, we used to live in this house a while ago. Does anything weird ever happen here? Her composition changes entirely, and she immediately says, no, never, and turns around and goes inside. Then she hesitates. She turns around, and she says, I try not to think about it. Oh my gosh. (gasps) Oh my god, this is like straight from a movie. But how cool for that woman because she like probably felt so scared and isolated. And then for these people to come out of nowhere and be like, do you ever experience anything paranormal? She probably felt so relieved that she could finally tell someone about it. Yeah, I know. And she clearly was trying to deny it so much for her to be like, no, no, never. And turns to go inside. And then like a few steps later is like, well, actually, I try not to think about it. Wow. All right, story number two. This happened to me my freshman year of college, and I was living in a dorm. The dorm wasn't too old, maybe around 50 years old. Dorms scare me because you never know what the people who lived there before you did. One night in spring, my roommate told me that something felt wrong. She said that she was full of dread and didn't know why. We brushed it off and we went to sleep. But in the middle of the night, I turn over and I see a girl with long, dark hair wearing a white nightgown standing over my roommate while she was sleeping. Oh, She was also standing in front of the mirror, but she had no reflection. She was soaking wet, like dripping water kind of wet. Oh my God. I'm scared to even read the next sentence. As I look at her, she turns her head and looks at me. (gasps) I immediately turned my back to her, roommate of the year, and checked the time to make sure I wasn't dreaming. 
I looked at my Fitbit and I see the time. It's 3.14 a.m. No. I didn't know what to do, so I just went back to sleep with my back to her, and I was too scared to turn around. The next morning at breakfast, my friend who lived in the room next to us were talking about the bad dreams that they had. My friend, let's call her Liz, was talking about how she dreamt that she was swimming in the ocean trying to save someone from drowning. Her roommate, Taylor, dreamt about her boyfriend driving them off of a cliff into the ocean and then drowning. She woke up as the car went off the cliff and checked the time. 3.14 a.m. <gasps> oh my gosh, chills. Oh my God, chills. I think my leg hair just like I shaved and now I, it's like I didn't. It just grew. We were all shocked and convinced that it had to be related. Fitbit also records your sleep patterns throughout the night and I checked it the next morning and it showed that I really did wake up. So what I saw was not a dream. That really doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what to make of any of this, but I haven't seen her or had dreams about drowning ever since. It's a little too creepy just to write it off as a coincidence. So if you have any thoughts, let me know. Super long email, but I have plenty more stories, but those are for a different time. I love the podcast and I hope it continues for years to come. See you on the other side, Jess. Wow, that's terrifying. What scares me the most about that is that all the dreams are so different. So it feels like it wasn't this ghost telling people how they died. It was like a ghost, like trying to instill fear in them. I know. Which makes me wonder if it's like just an angry ghost that is upset with the way that they died. And so they haven't gotten past the stage of anger into like the sadness or forgiveness yet. And is wanting to pull other people into this like dreadful experience that they had themselves. Or if it's like some sort of evil, like demonic entity that we don't know about that it's like, here's the Sandman, but it's actually a dripping wet girl that's going to make you fearful of drowning. Well, it reminded me of the bathtub game that we talked about a while back and like the girl who appears with her long, dark hair and she's soaking wet and you can't let her catch you. As a brunette, I'm insulted that all the stories of someone <laughs> with long, dark hair. That's why they say blondes have more fun because brunettes are more demonic. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the blondes cross over and we're just haunting people forever. I don't take offense to it whatsoever because I'm so into it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you actually did nail it on the head. That is going to be me. <gasps> what if it is me already and my ghost exists at the same time that I exist because this is like haunting of Hill House? Oh, my God. Sabrina, I don't want you to drown. We know it's going to happen in a car accident. Well, it is a car accident. Right. And you go off the cliff and then drown in the ocean below. Well, you know, it is what it is. I really hope that doesn't happen to you. But I swear to God, if you show up... <laughs> dripping water Sabrina I will I will kill you again your ghost will die twice Karen now I'm gonna have to do this no please don't I will die I'll literally have a heart attack and die that's all I wanted that was my actual plan I just wanted to be a ghost with you no I'm kidding I would never do that I'm not evil I do wonder though this is like a really creepy thought but so she saw Jess saw the soaking wet girl standing over her roommate logged the mm -hmm. time and it was the same time that the other two friends across the hall or like in the room next to them had this the same nightmares so it was almost like this girl was standing over them putting the nightmares into them and Jess just happened to wake up and didn't so she wasn't subject to it but mm. it makes me wonder if had she looked in the other room if she would have seen like two more identical girls soaking wet girls like standing over them 
it almost reminds me of like the most horrifying version of the BFG where the giants go and they like steal people's dreams and like eat little children. <laughs> but instead it's like putting the nightmares into. It, isn't there like, not the sand, maybe the Sandman, that there's someone who does that, who gives children bad nightmares. I think it's the Sandman is or it? is it Baba Duke? Baba Duke is, uh, no, that's different. Baba Duke. Great movie though. So scary. Yeah, I don't know. If I had to rate the top two movies that scared me most, it would be E.T. and <laughs> followed by It Follows. Those are the two. One was childhood, one is adulthood. But those are the two. Not Baba Duke. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, you can always just get scared by things. Yes. Okay. I have one last story. Yay. This is from Caitlin. It's a bittersweet yay because I don't want the stories to end because I like doing this, but I like having you end it. <laughs> Because it's like story time and that I'm tucking you into bed and saying goodnight, except for I'm across the country. So if I scare you with this final story, you actually will hate it. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch TV after this anyway. I'm terrified of half the stories we read. Watch um, Search Party on HBO Max. It's so great. I don't have HBO. It's the one thing I don't have. Oh, right. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you. You've my- given me your password. I just feel guilty using it. So I've never logged in. Okay. So this is from Katie and it's called My Mom and I Have Seen the Hat Man. Hey girls, before I begin, I just want to say that I love you too and all things spooky and your podcast is just about everything that I've been looking for. Recently, I was going through some older episodes and while listening to your episode on shadow people, I was remembering stories that my mom had told me about when she grew up in a haunted house. And when you began talking about the hat man, I remembered one of my own experiences and then made a startling connection when you said sightings of him could be hereditary. My mom and I have both seen the hat man. When my mom was a little girl, she grew up in an extremely spiritually active house. The two main ghosts that my mom remembers seeing were a little girl in a fluffy pink dress and a nondescript man in a fedora. My mom usually described him as reminding her of a 1920s mobster. And the major incident in which she remembers seeing the hat man takes place in a dream. In the dream, she saw the little girl playing in her bedroom and the man standing before her. Then, my mom's point of view switched and suddenly she was seeing through the little girl's eyes. She could only sit there as the shadowy man pulled a gun and shot the little girl in the chest. (gasps) What was odd about this was that my mom felt the pain. In fact, the pain is what woke her up. Oh my gosh. When I saw the hat man, it was much less violent. I was sitting on my bed doing homework before dinner and as it was starting to get dark, I went to turn on the light. It was then that I noticed a figure standing at the edge of my bed. It was like he was made of shadows and almost blending into the wall. However, I knew it wasn't my eyes deceiving me because I could see a hat placed on the top of his head. There have been two more incidents in which I have seen shadow figures in my house. However, neither of them wore a hat. I do feel it's worth mentioning that the second time I saw a shadow figure at the edge of my bed, it was when I had woken up at 3.30 in the morning for no reason. Thank you for reading my story. Lots of love, Katie. Also, if you happen to read my story on air, pronouns are they and them. Thanks for reading this far if you have. Wow. Oh my goodness. I wonder if Caitlin has any siblings who've also experienced the hat man. Perhaps not because they were saying that it was only their mom and themselves. Or if they have any grandparents who maybe saw the hat man. Yes. I'm so curious about their mom and how she felt the pain hit her. 
It was like she was the girl. That's what I was thinking. It makes me think there's two versions of this where one, it's just the spirit of the little girl in the fluffy pink dress sharing what happened to her to Katie's mom in a dream or two, that this little girl in a fluffy pink dress is Katie's mom in a past life and like her past life. Katie's mom's past life is always present. And just in that moment, was Katie's mom able to remember a past life's death? In the presence of the hat man, you remember your past lives. I wonder if, because, you know, we talk about like traveling souls and how there'll be certain souls that will like group up together and kind of go through life together and be different things. You know, who could be your husband in this life maybe was your son in the past life or was your sister in a different life or your dog or your dog (laughs) sweet wrinkles but it makes me wonder if with the hat man if it's hereditary to the point where like it will not only be descendants but i wonder if when you get reincarnated you basically like this is kind of a depressing thought but like you have to continue in the familial line because it's almost like the curse of the hat man that you'll continue to be stalked forever and that every new life you have you won't escape the hat man that's terrifying i'm like i feel very fortunate that i've never seen the hat man yeah me too having seen shadow figures i'm very happy that i've never seen the hat man because it's just i mean we talked about it in the shadow person episode where there's just a certain extra level of intelligence and just, mm-hmm. I guess, interaction that comes with the hat man versus just the traditional darting or lurking dark figure. But I feel like they're both equally terrifying. If you've experienced either, I sympathize with you. I have empathy. Feel bad. This was a spooky episode. It's perfect for our anniversary. Oh my gosh, is this our anniversary? Kinda, yeah. Oh my goodness. Happy anniversary. 814. Happy anniversary, Krim. Every episode is like my birthday, then it's our anniversary, and then it's your birthday. Lots of things to celebrate. Just August is a big one for us. It is. All I ask is that for our birthday episode, you pick something terrifying to read to me. Oh, oh, okay. Absolutely. Of course. Thank you. I want nightmares for weeks for my birthday. For the researched episode you're asking? For anything. For everything. Okay, well, you have to pick a topic for our researched episode. Okay. And then I already have some topics lined up that I'm going to find listener stories for. And it's all your your top hits. Amazing. That's all I ask for. The next encounters will be very Sabrina-oriented. Perfect. If you have ghost stories, you should get them into us ASAP. Send the scary ones. Send the sad ones. We need a good mix. But send any and all stories, paranormal, murdery, I don't know, about the thing you found in your basement or in your underwear drawer. Tell us. Email them to us at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. We like macabre. We like weird. So don't forget that even if it's not paranormal, we still want it. Yeah, please. There's also a variety of ways to support us. You guys know the spiel. You got to join the pyramid scheme. You got to be a part of this thing that we have going that's For Pyramid Schemes, I will say I think we're the most transparent of the group. So if you could please help us out by not only rating and reviewing at iTunes, but telling other people to uh, listen. Recommendations. That helps. Real quick, thank you to Max and Eric at Upfire Digital for editing our episodes. You're amazing and we appreciate you. And we will see you on the other side. Very smooth.